everyone. Welcome to Getting to Know You. Uh, this week, our guest is Jeff Oldenburg, a longtime parishioner of St. Sebastian's and DA of the city of Milwaukee. Is that right? Did I get that right? I, I'm a deputy district attorney in Milwaukee County. Yeah, what did I say? Yeah. So uh, you said uh, 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 attorney in the city of Milwaukee. So we have we have city attorneys representing the city and then uh, district attorney who represents all of the county. And we focus on on criminal activity versus the city attorney has a whole array of of items that they focus on dealing simply with the city of Milwaukee. OK, I apologize for that. Uh, I'm, I'm learning. That's that's the point of these interviews. So. Thanks, thanks, Jeff, for agreeing to do the interview. How are you today? I'm great, and thank you very much for uh, uh, for this invitation. I absolutely, uh, absolutely. I was um, I was just thinking about we, we. I ran into you at at mass, and I've been wanting to ask you and Rana if you guys would be willing to do these interviews. And uh, Lisa said you should ask Rana, and I said I, I'm going to, but I saw Jeff first, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Although I think Rana is the much more interesting interview her story <laughs> incredible uh, not only on a personal level but on a professional level uh, absolutely and, and, and yeah. she she actually was um my wife and and, and my first encounter with saint sebastian she gave us our tour of the school i don't know 11 years ago or something like that couldn't at, have been at a school open house yeah, the school of yeah. she couldn't have right. been more, she couldn't have been more gracious, and yeah. we, we 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 still talk about. We remember walking out of there saying, "Oh, there's good people here." Yeah, well, that's excellent, and uh, thankfully she was your tour guide and not me because maybe you wouldn't have ended up at Seb's. She, <laughs> I mean, uh, we both love uh, Saint Sebastian um, and are are true believers in it. Uh, but I am really glad that she was your tour guide because she really tells the story in the appropriate way. Yeah, she was wonderful, and just just her tone and her spirit was so great too. So, so coming attractions interview with Rana coming down the pike. But, Excellent. But since I have you here, Jeff, tell me a little bit. Uh, tell us about you. I don't know. Uh, I, people, I'm sure, see you at mass as an usher, but uh, definitely you have a prominent position in the city and the, the county. But I'm not sure how much people know of that. So, if you could just tell us about you, that'd be awesome. Sure. Sure. Uh, well, I've been, uh, I actually grew up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, Central Wisconsin, um, and uh, went to a Christian Brothers High School there called Stevens Point Pacelli, um, and so clearly was raised Catholic in a community of 22,000 people that has five Catholic churches. So Catholicism is deeply ingrained in Stevens Point in Central Wisconsin, and it was deeply ingrained in me as a youngster um, uh, with my with my mother and father and uh, three siblings. Um, I was fortunate, uh, I, I, I consider myself fortunate because my father um, became a very big Marquette University basketball fan when I was very young and he ended up getting season tickets. Um, and so uh, uh, as I was uh, in middle school and junior high and grade school, we'd come down from Milwaukee for Marquette games all of the time. From Stevens Point? From Stevens Point. And literally, um, oftentimes there were weekends, but if they were a week game, weekday game, we would, he would pick us up at, uh, from school. We would drive to Milwaukee. We would go to the game. We would drive and stay in Fond du Lac in a hotel and then get up very early in the morning so we could be back in school the next morning. And we did this repeatedly. I, I mean, I tell people these stories and they're like, you guys were a little uh, a, a little nutso there. Yeah. But 
Um, and I only say that because it introduced me to Marquette University. And but for that, I don't know that I would have chosen to go to Marquette. Um, I um, because I went to a Christian Brothers High School. There were a couple Christian Brothers colleges that I was looking at. Um, there were a couple other smaller schools um, in Minnesota and Iowa that I was looking at. But again, I, I kept coming back um, to Milwaukee and Marquette because of my experiences uh, around basketball. Um, and that, no, and, it's, it's good. Yeah. Sometimes our motivating factor, you know, is a door that opens up to, to exactly. something. Right. And, and honestly, I couldn't have been more lucky. Uh, my experience at Marquette was transformational. Um, I got involved in student government um, at Marquette. Ultimately, that's how I met my wife, but she should really tell you that story because she tells it much differently than I do. Um, well, you know uh, what, it would be fun to compare. So why don't you tell yeah, it? Then all right. Well, so uh, my junior year at Marquette, I was running for student body vice president. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, I was campaigning all over campus. Uh, at one point, I was campaigning. I was in Central Campus, uh, right between the old Union and Joan of Arc, just trying to meet people. Um, and we actually had this uh, this dog that lived in our house that had a little placard, Altenburg for Vice President, that was running through the campus trying to attract people to come to the Central. And it worked. Uh, and uh, unbeknownst to me, one of those people that I talked with that day and shook hands and had a great conversation was my uh, soon to be, well, eventually, uh, beautiful wife, Rana Altenberg. I don't really remember that because I literally met hundreds of people that day. Um, and of course, uh, as the seasoned politician that I was trying to be, every conversation uh, was deeply poignant and meaningful. And uh, so uh, evidently, she remembered it uh, much better than I did. <laughs> And then we reconnected after I graduated. I was working for a U.S. congressman in Milwaukee, and she actually was interning. And that's how we um, really, in my opinion, truly met and um, and started dating and dated all through my period of, in law school and got married uh, uh, and moved to Washington, D.C. once I finished up law school. Wow. OK, I have a few questions. First of all, what, yeah. was, what was your interest in political life, whether it was student yeah. government or, or interning later? Well, I was a I was a poli sci major. Um, I was fairly active uh, in high school around social justice and around volunteering and, frankly, simply just being part of the community and trying to do things that make a difference in your community. And to me, yeah. politics, um, whether you like it or not, um, it, it, you know, politicians greatly impact things that happen in the community, uh, both at the local, state, and federal level. So. I was always interested in, in service. Um, I eventually became interested in public service. So I, I think it made sense to me to run for uh, student government to get more involved in what was going on at Marquette. And I, I really, really enjoyed that experience. I had been a, a senator for a couple of years and then I ran and ultimately was elected vice president. And, um, uh, you know, we did a lot of, in my uh, opinion, good things at Marquette uh, during the time we were there. That's great. I, I, a lot of times I talk to students about, you know, those two feet of justice, the chair, works of charity, but also the works of advocacy. Right. You're much more poised to do that uh, in a position like that. Uh, the advocacy part, which is harder to do because you're uh, tackling systems rather than individual behaviors and all that. That's absolutely right. And ultimately, that's what's led me to the work that I'm doing today, because um, 
when I graduated from from law school uh, from UW Madison, we went out to Washington. We got married and we both um, got jobs in Washington D.C. And I was a government lawyer for a, a government agency. And my wife was a, a became a lobbyist, a very successful lobbyist. Um, at some point, uh, obtained Marquette University as a client, and so. When we moved back, um, she continued to represent Marquette and eventually was hired by Marquette. Yeah. Um, I was in private. I, so in, in Washington, D.C., I worked for a federal government agency for, for about five years within their general counsel's office, um, litigating uh, on behalf of pensioners. So doing, I worked for an agency called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, um, which ultimately is the insurance company that takes over failed pension plans. So when Alice Chambers, for, for example, uh, went bankrupt here in Milwaukee, uh, the PBDC steps in and guarantees benefits to the pension pensioners. Oh, that's important. So that was interesting work. But what I loved the most about it was we had independent litigating authority. So I actually was in the courtroom throughout the country, either in bankruptcy court or federal district court, um, litigating over um, over those um, those limited dollars that w should have been going to the pensioners. Wow. Um, so I came, we came back to Milwaukee. Um, Rana uh, eventually was hired by Marquette and I was working for a large law firm um, here in town doing employee benefits, but not feeling like I was really impacting um, anything in Milwaukee or, or my, my community. I was representing clients. It was mostly a tax advising practice. And frankly, I missed being in the courtroom. So after about two years at that firm, I uh, started talking with the district attorney's office and was fortunate to be hired by then district attorney Mike McCann back in 1997 and have been doing that job ever since. Since 1997? Uh, correct. Yes. Yeah. It's a pretty um, good yeah. And I, I honestly, I, in my humble opinion, it's the best job you can have as a practicing attorney um, because you're doing things usually in a courtroom. Um, and um, so oftentimes in an adversarial fashion, but, but off equally in a, in a fashion where you're doing what's best for uh, everyone in the courtroom, what's best for the defendant, what's best for the victim, and ultimately what's best for the community. And that's what I love uh, about the job. Mm -hmm. And in the position that I'm currently in as a deputy, so in Milwaukee, there are about 130 assistant district attorneys between the adult and children's court system. Um, there's obviously one elected DA. Uh, I can't, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention his name is John Chisholm. Um, uh, and then there are seven deputy DAs that help him oversee the office and manage it. And I'm one of those seven. And I get to oversee, uh, I oversee general crimes, which is our largest unit that handles, as the name implies, general uh, most general crimes that come into our office. But I also oversee two specialty units. One is the community prosecution unit that places prosecutors in the community working in neighborhoods with the police and with other um, both government and non-government entities to try to proactively solve problems in those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, and then the other area I oversee is called the early intervention unit, um, which uh, try uh, it, with the use of risk assessment tries to identify ways in which we can hold people accountable short of the full criminal justice process. Mm. Um, and we can talk more about that. In fact, I, I believe I, I spoke a lot about this program at Divine Savior Holy Angels for a particular incredibly talented uh, teacher there. 
and we, we talked about we talked about race and its impact on the criminal justice system and i focused a lot on what we're trying to do to break down some of those racial barriers and collateral consequences that people of color feel when they interact with the criminal justice system well uh let me let me put you on the spot then and, and, yeah. be, the first, and be the first to say uh that sounds like an excellent conversation and a longer conversation yeah. and yeah. i have a plan to do maybe uh um, after the pandemic, some kind of soup and substance speaker series. I would, I would love to have you talk about that more. And I would love to do it because it um, very much feels in accord with uh, my personal faith system, my um, love for St. Sebastian. And I do feel like um, there's oftentimes a disconnect between what happens in the district attorney's office and the criminal justice system and what the community understands is happening. So yeah. I would I would love to, to, to do that. Yeah, in the last four minutes, I've learned so much. I, I, I fully admit I did not understand that the system that, that you operate out of. So that's been very informative. Thank you. Do you, I mean, it sounds like a lot of, um, it sounds intense. Is it is it a stressful job? It is, it's, it, it, it's very stressful, but you know what? But when I have stress uh, in doing things that I know are directly impacting people and families in this community, I, I can handle that. I mean, it, it just, uh, as most days, the, the time just flies by. Uh, unlike a lot of the practice of law, you're not, you're not uh, billing clients in six month, uh, six minute increments, or you're, you, you know, you're not watching the clock. You're problem solving. You're ultimately, um, trying to do things that will benefit uh, your community. And the great thing about the areas I oversee is a lot of my work is trying to figure out creative ways not to put people directly into the criminal justice system, but still to hold them accountable and repair the harm that they've done either in their neighborhood or to particular victims. So uh, yeah, yeah, there's stress, um, but I think it's easier to manage that stress when you're doing something that's truly meaningful to you. And it, and it has felt very meaningful to you. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Uh, I mean, again, I love this job. I'm very thankful that I get the opportunity to work with DHism and and do the things. And you know, I, my last ten years have been all about system change. Um, so it, right, it it takes me back to the the way I was thinking at Marquette. I wanted to be involved in something where I could truly do um, meaningful system change. And I. I I, I really am doing it, not by myself, and I'm not, yeah, right, yeah. this is not about Jeff Altenberg, but it is about a, a concerted effort, um, I think, throughout uh, the Milwaukee criminal justice system to do things in a different way. Well, it's, it's excellent. I think we hear so much about just the, the problems and the broken systems yeah, to, right. to, to hear directly from someone that's feeling like, yeah, but inside we are, we're moving, we're, we're moving the right direction, which is good. Right. Do, do you have, um, and I can cut this out if, <laughs> if you don't, but do you have much experience with like restorative justice? I do, and that's one of the areas that I oversee. So we have an in-house community conferencing restorative justice program mm -hmm. that used to be run by one of my colleagues, David Lerman, who was an assistant district attorney in our office for quite a while. Unfortunately, uh, David passed away about, I think it's almost 10 years now um, of cancer. And we um, continue to run that program um, as part of our overall early intervention program. So okay. we try to identify cases where victims are interested in having a direct conversation with the offender um, in an attempt to make sure that both, both parties kind of hear each other out 
Um, and it is incredibly powerful, very, very powerful. And ultimately, usually results in the, the parties being much more satisfied, um, even though the, 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 the offense is still has occurred and, that, and the harm has um, occurred. But some of that harm is repaired through that conversation. Yeah, the reason I ask, I mean, uh, yeah, it doesn't erase what happened, but but right. there's a potential for healing there. And uh, I guess as a transition, it reminds me of, um, and, and everything that you're describing reminds me of like looking at this through a face, faith-based lens. How do we lend mercy and reconciliation? How do we do those things? So I guess it's my transition to ask you to tell me a little bit about your faith. You mentioned how St. Sebastian's is important to you, but, um, yeah. and, and how you grew up uh, in a very faithful place, but uh, right. describe it in your own words to me. Yeah, well, I, I, and again, um, my faith, my Catholic faith, my uh, belief in Christ has been predominant my entire life, and it's been supported by my parents, by my family, by my education, um, and uh, I, I just um, I feel so fortunate that when we came back to Milwaukee, my wife was smart enough to um, say, let's go check out parishes before we decide where we're going to live, and um, we looked at a couple, um, but mostly due to Rob and, and Tracheality, we focused early on St. Sebastian and um, we've been there ever since. Both our girls went to St. Seb school. Um, we have always tried to be active within the parish, um, notwithstanding our, our, our other jo busy jobs and, right. and uh, busy life. Um, my wife and I ran the, the auction for a couple of years which is a huge undertaking, which is going on right now. In fact, right, I, was, right now, correct. Yes. I was just bidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, hopefully that uh, is, is successful, notwithstanding this pandemic and the, and the social distancing that everybody's feeling. Don't uh, outbid my wife. She's trying to win the, the, the door painting thing. I, uh, 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 well, you, there's no way you should have told me that, John. <laughs> I would never do that to your lovely wife. Um, uh, you know, and I'm currently on the, on the parish council, um, and I am, and my motivation in joining the parish council was being the liaison to the school, because I continue to believe that we just have this incredible gem at, at St. Sebastian, um, and I think a lot of our parish parishioners know about it, not, but not everyone, and, and I, I know um, I've looked at some of the survey results. There still is this concern that there's a disconnect between the school, the families that attend the school, and the parish. And so um, I think we're, we're incredibly well-suited at this point with, because of you coming to SEBS, Father Peter Patrick being at SEBS. Um, Heather Grams is just an amazing, uh, fantastic administrator. Um, so I, 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 that's really what motivates uh, m motivates my faith and motivates my participation in St. Seb's. You know, everything you said makes uh, so much sense, but especially this idea of that there is so much support for the school, but there, there is, I mean, if we're truthful, there's some disconnect there, right? Yeah, um, right. And I've worked in enough Catholic parishes to know that that's a very normal thing there be, because that, you know, the schools operate, school is a whole organization, it's operating, the parish is a whole organization. It's, and of course, there's never enough uh, people or resources to go around to, 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 to serve those things in, in the best way possible. So you end up kind of like running two hamster wheels next to each other. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, uh, 
people might have saw the interview with Mr. Bill uh, last week, uh, who is the uh, director of, um, or two weeks ago, who was the director of uh, St. Coletta's. I, I, I continue just to say, it's such a wonderful, wonderful uh, relationship between SEB school and just the, we feel so blessed that our kids are there. And, and I, I do, I really do thank uh, Rana for making such a good impression on us, uh, first of all. But in, it, in addition to that, I think um, it's an important message because um, we're only stronger together. You know, we, wow. we, are, we are part of one big mission and that is the, the Catholic mission of St. Sebastian's. And, uh, and, and we have so much, um, we have so much strength together and we're such wonderful things. So finding, finding ways to support each other is just excellent, so. Exactly. And the fact that we're a choice school and, and the diversity that that brings uh, to our school and ultimately to our parish is, again, one of the reasons that attracted Rana and I. Um, uh, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you the benefits um, that our two girls experienced um, through participation at, at St. Seb's and then of course Divine Savior also, but that was just, just a natural path for them. Yeah, uh, that's the good. goal that we have. That's good. Uh, the, the other thing I just wanna comment on is how you said that you guys uh, really, as you were looking to come back to Milwaukee, uh, identified that we're tr trying to identify a parish before a house. Uh, yeah. that, that, I don't think that's the norm. <laughs> And again, I give all the credit to my beautiful and talented wife. <laughs> and that was the motivating factor. And, and truth be told, we lived in Arlington, Virginia, um, and we didn't do that. We, we found a, 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 a condo that we really, really liked. We bought it. And then we realized um, what the nearby parish was. And it turned out to be um, just not a great fit for us at all. Um, it, it, it was not what I would call a close to being a progressive parish um, that really, I, I think, replicated the teachings of Jesus Christ. It seemed to be more fixated on uh, the hierarchy and the patriarchy of the church. So um, I, certainly that helped us uh, and helped guide my wife to make the brilliant decision she made. Yeah, it's it's good awareness too. I think there's different expressions of how to live out your Catholicism. Both both and all are valid, but uh, yeah, find, finding the right fit for you is important. I think so that you can utilize your gifts and 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 be engaged in the parish. Um, I know you're also an usher or uh, usher, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you? Why why do you do that? Uh, well, I just, I like to be involved in SEBS. I, I uh, have been a Eucharistic minister. Um, and so early on during the pandemic, I, I did that. But I think part of the rationale for me becoming an usher was we wanted to add the 1030 mass. Oh, yeah. And I think there was a shortage of ushers. And there was also a concern, and rightly so, that perhaps some of our older parishioners that were serving as ushers were not as willing to do it or with, with great frequency. So um, Dylan Ambrose, to his credit, um, being our leader of our parish council and being a le leader in the parish, put a crew together, and I uh, was fortunate enough to be part of that crew and uh, and and really uh, appreciate the opportunity to do it. It's tough. It's tough to ask people questions um, about their health before they get to come and worship, but I understand that's part and parcel of what we need to do to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah, I uh, my kids don't watch this, so it's going to be okay. But I, I joke every time they get uh, asked to drop off at school as we're driving up, I'm going to say, "Okay, they're going to ask you if you have diarrhea today." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. It does seem a little personal. Yeah, <laughs> uh, since I have aches and pains every every day, I really feel like sometimes I'm not uh, being 
totally honest in answering those questions. Yeah, well, I think at this point, we all kind of understand a little bit of the difference between some of those. And I, we really have learned to, to adapt to the new normal, as we say. Right. But I, I, you know, as you as an usher or, you know, Brian and his crew that are cleaning or Father Peter Patrick or Mike, all, I mean, and I've said this in other interviews, the, 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 the protocols that are in place uh, make me feel incredibly safe. And I, I, agree. I do feel like it is a safe place to be. There's good distancing and, and people have been really respectful to one another. I think we've done a fantastic job of, of navigating that issue. And I give Mike and, and, and Father all the credit in the world because yeah. you feel safe. Um, things are well thought out. Um, and um, it's great to be able to be back in, 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 in mass. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you just kind of hope that that keeps growing. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet, but but we see the light at the end of the tunnel, and yep. that continues to grow and grow. And then and then additional shout out to Dylan Ambrose, who I mean, he's a, he's wonderful, and he and he he is has such an inviting personality to say, yep. yeah, come come yeah. Do this with us. Yeah. I was gonna, I was going to joke. There's an old Ray Romano episode where uh, Ray's uh, dad is an usher, and Ray wants to be an usher, and he says, "You can't do this. You got to work your way up. This is you get to sit in the back and tell jokes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right. I, I feel like because uh, uh, Dylan is so uh, ably mentored by his beautiful uh, and talented wife that. Uh, that person, her personality rubs off on him and therefore rubs off on us too. Absolutely. Shout out to Molly Ambrose. She's, yeah. she's a roster yeah. too. Yeah. There, I mean, that, that when I started this, uh, I've done uh, interviews almost every week, except uh, a break over the holidays um, every week. And at first I was like, I hope I have enough people. Now I'm just, it's very clear to me that there, there are so many. Well, it's a, it, it is a great thing you're doing. And I, I really appreciate it. I think we have, um, we have, absolutely fantastic parishioners at SEBS that do a variety of amazing things in our community that not everyone knows about. So this is an opportunity to give them a platform um, and, and um, uh, at the same time, bring us a little together. That's a, that's a, that's a blessing. Doing the best we can in the circumstances we have. So, um, Jeff, my last question for you is that as you think about the future, whether it's uh, for the parish or for the world, what, what do you hope for? Well, I, I think we talked a little bit about, I, I continue to want to see growth uh, in our parish, in the relationship between the parish and the school. Mm -hmm. um, and as you pointed out, it is difficult, but but it can be done. We um, we can do it. I think there's, uh, Father Peter Patrick is committed to trying to do more of a family mass, um, either on a monthly basis or on a bi-monthly basis. Um, that will uh, allow uh, parishioners with small children to come uh, and, and be comfortable in mass. I, I mean, I um, am a firm believer that um, as a young married couple with small children, it is incredibly difficult for you to get yourself to mass. Um, and if you feel like you're being ostracized or you're being judged because you have a child that is crying or is antsy or wants to walk around, um, then you're not going to come. And that's not the atmosphere that we have at St. Seb's. And we have to make sure that uh, our young parishioners, as we try to continue to grow our parish, understand that. And I think, I mean, we have a, we, we are so blessed with Father Peter Patrick. He is one of the most joyous human beings I've been around. So that can spread. And there's no doubt that people at St. Robert's understood that about him and were so envious that he was coming to our parish. Um, 
So we need to continue to uh, to to grow that. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, my other major um, hope for the future is that we continue as a community um, and as a country to 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 do what we can to focus on this conversation around race. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in a predominantly white um, small town um, that really didn't deal with issues around uh, white privilege or or racial disparity. And I've come to Milwaukee and been in Milwaukee for almost 30 years now. And I see um, the tremendous impact that uh, that disparity and that racism has. And uh, I, I don't profess to have uh, all the answers, or frankly, any of the answers, because it's an incredibly complicated issue. But um, I do think that our, our work in, in this area as a community uh, needs to continue. And I, I do I, I do have hope, um, a, a, a lot of hope uh, that that is going to um, continue to uh, be at the forefront of our parish and hopefully our community. I do have, I do have hope for that too. And I, I do think Seb's uh, is, um, light years beyond a lot of other parishes and where they're at with their commitment. I mean, the Facing Racism group is, is incredibly impressive with five different subcommittees that are very active. And, and I, I was like you, I, th that was something I didn't bring into my awareness until I was an adult. I, you know, grew up in great suburbs. And um, I, I just, it's, it's one of the things that it absolutely attracts me to this place is that this open spirit, this welcoming spirit and this uh, kind of upholding everybody's dignity. And, and, and your word for Father Peter Patrick, uh, joy, joyful, uh, is absolutely the way I describe him too. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on that. And I, I, I hope that his spirit continues to be contagious uh, in, in this parish because uh, we could all use a little joy, especially right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I will note that I uh, have found him to be a little more joyful as of late because he's got some new Marquette wear that he's uh, been, <laughs> uh, been sporting around the rectory. So. Um, I, I think uh, that's great for all of us. <laughs> yeah, we could all use some new gear sometimes, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for taking some time for us to get to know you a little bit, uh, understand the, the important work you do, and, and also um, reaffirm uh, like passion and commitment to this parish and, and, the, and the kinds of work we can do to continue to build bridges and build up the community. Thank you, John. Really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, uh, blessings to you. We'll see you soon. Thanks.